Hello, everyone. I'm Blake Farha. And I'm Jasmine. And this is See You in Sleep County, a podcast where we tell bedtime stories written for adults. And these stories are so very special because they come straight from the journals of the one and only Jazz Meyer and are written and adapted to be soft, sensual tales to help ease you into a night of sweet slumber. So they're special, they're unique, and they're just for you. And this week on See You in Sleep County is a very special week because it is the first week that we are part of the Bear Radio Network. So Bear Radio uh, is a podcasting platform based out of Berlin, run by two very amazing, powerful, strong, and excellent hilarious women and they host a number of different podcasts that are about a, a range of subjects as varied as geopolitics questions of race and gender as well as silly and hilarious improv podcasts so no matter what your podcast tastes are you're sure to find something you'll love at bearradio.org and we want to thank bear radio so much for hosting us on their platform and we're looking forward to becoming a part of the bear radio community yeah so blake how have you been this week i know you've been traveling a little bit you had a bit of an adventure yes i had a little bit of an adventure i uh, i was swept off to france with my dear dear friend violin she had a she's an amazing ceramic artist uh, based out of berlin and she had a, an exp an exhibition uh, in paris so i went to help her out and to support her and just to sit and sit back and uh, bathe in the pride of my friend doing something wonderful and uh, we had quite a lightning trip uh, which was really fun but it, very exhausting it wasn't exactly restful that, that's i think i've definitely come back more tired from this trip than i i left <laughs> yeah that's the way with vacations sometimes depending on the contents of the vacation sometimes it's uh, not a particularly restful experience but hopefully it's always an interesting or an enlightening one was there anything in particular this week that yeah you experienced as something new or something novel you know i I think there are a couple of things that came to mind. One is that I'm old, you know, I'm 33 <laughs> now. And uh, I keep forgetting that, like, whether you like it or not, your body gets older and it doesn't um, it doesn't quite recuperate as well. So, you know, normally trips where you're kind of like jumping on a bus, on a, into a taxi, into a train, on a plane, you know, these types of crazy uh, adventures, they were never so tiring. And I keep forgetting that I'm not 22 anymore, you know, so this trip was particularly tiring because kind of every other day we were in some sort of mode of transport going somewhere. And I was like, why am I so tired? And then, oh, that's right, because I'm old. That's why. <laughs> um, so that was really interesting. And the need to escape and the need to get away and the need to be alone and to be away from everything is becoming stronger and stronger in me the older I get. So whereas I used to want to, you know, travel through cities and be around people, the older I get, the more I just want to get away from everything and the more I seek solitude, which is interesting. And so even, even in the midst of this trip, which was really fun, and I was with my friend and meeting all of her friends for the first time, um, there were still moments where I really needed to get away. So uh, one morning I woke up and, you know, I just kind of could feel like I just need an adventure by myself and I need an adventure away from people. So we were being hosted by a friend of Yellen and she grace graciously loaned me her bicycle which was far too small for me. Uh, it was about half the size of a bike that I would normally ride, but I thought, well, we're going to make this work because I have got to get away. <laughs> I will <laughs> crawl away if I have to. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there is a river that runs through Orléans called Le Loire, and uh, there's a little tiny place called the Pointe de Courpin, which is a tiny, it's like an island that is kind of surrounded by the river. And I rode my bike all the way out there. It took me about half an hour. 
and I was all by myself and the sun was shining and the river was just clear and beautiful and um, I, I just was so happy to be away from everything and I thought, my goodness, I, <laughs> I don't know if I recognize myself anymore, this like utter need to escape everyone. And so I was just out there by myself and read my book and I, I'm now, um, thanks to Berlin, uh, I'm addicted to swimming naked. I refuse to wear a bathing suit anymore. And since there was no one around, <laughs> I was like, all right. So I got into my birthday suit and went for a swim in this river and actually was reminded of our conversation about petting moss. Uh, there was these beautiful, yeah, there were these beautiful, I don't know, I guess, underwater grass structures that were growing in the, in the water and they were so beautiful and fuzzy and green and they looked like, they looked like pom-poms, you know, but like really big pom-poms mm. and I, I was just enjoying so much just being in the water and, and petting the pom-poms and I thought of what you said and I was like, I am, I'm petting the earth. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a really. I'm exciting. so happy that stuck with you. Yeah. Oh, that will never leave me. I, the idea of petting the earth will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one of the most beautiful things that I think I've I've come across recently. Um, so yeah, that was a really fun adventure, and it was just what I needed. You know, then after that, I was kind of ready for a day full of meeting new people and and uh, socializing in a language that is not my own. Um, but it was very yeah. So it was very fun and a really interesting trip in many ways. Wow, that sounds really lovely. And especially that you knew you needed to get away and just go to nature and had the opportunity to do that for a while. That's such a gift. I was actually reading yesterday that the smell of trees, like nature therapy is a thing, and apparently because the smell of trees, um, and my science is very fuzzy on this, but apparently induces hormones that reduce stress. Something really? to that effect, mm -hmm. yeah, which is amazing, and it makes sense, I guess. Um, we're animals, you know, we belong in nature, we belong in a forest or in a field or in a river. Um, so yeah, it's a nice stress relieving activity to go cycle out into nature and go skinny dipping in a lake and pet some moss, yeah, exactly. And if anyone is curious about this little trip, I, I took some videos and I made a little video, uh, which you can check out on my Instagram about this little adventure to Pointe de Chaux. What was it called? about this little adventure to Pointe de Corpin. So you can check that out at, at Blake Farha if you're so intrigued and you'd like to see the moss that I was petting and the, the big pom-poms that I was referring to. Uh, uh, seeing this moss, man, ignited this <laughs> the nature lover in me. It was really like a very visceral experience just seeing the video. So yeah. to whoever's listening, I highly recommend it. Oh, thanks, Chaz. Um, <laughs> for sure. Thanks for sharing your, your moss-related endeavors. Uh, I will bring many more to this podcast for sure. Um, <laughs> so tell me, Jazz, what will we? I look forward to it. <laughs> what will we? What will we be regaling our listeners about tonight? So tonight, uh, I'm really excited about this story because it's a very recent occurrence in my life, so it's still fresh. Um, about a month ago, maybe a bit more, I took a workshop on silversmithing and crafted my very own ring, which is something I'm incredibly proud of mm. and very excited to hopefully continue. I'm, I'm actually in the process of buying some jeweler's tools right now All right. so that I can set up a little workshop at home. So tonight's story tells the tale of the process of making this ring and the joy that comes from doing something with my hands is something I really love and that's been missing from my life recently.
So tonight's story is called Skilled Hands and a Curious Mind. And before I hand it over to Blake, I just want to remind you all listening uh, that there's an opportunity to help support this little podcast by becoming a patron uh, in, through our Patreon account. So for two euros a month, we'll give you a shout out through our podcast and in our social media. For five euro a month, one of the benefits you'll get is you'll be entered in a raffle to win a copy of my brand new book, Lost on the Way, a journal from the Camino de Santiago. And for 15 euros a month, you can have your very own personalized episode written about you, uh, as well as taking part in a monthly AMA and live reading with Blake and I. So if you'd like to support this little podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash see you in sleep county and watch it bloom right before your very eyes. And if you'd like to support us in another way, we always love hearing from our listeners. So please do get in touch and let us know your thoughts about the podcast, about the stories, about what it means to you. And this always helps inspire us to, to keep going and know that we're doing something beautiful that touches people. So you can get in touch with us uh, on Instagram at Blake Faha or at liberation.and.love. And with that, I'll hand it over to you, Blake, to lull our listeners into a somnolent state with your soothing, lovely, relaxing voice. And to those of you listening at home, I hope you enjoy tonight's story, and I'll see you in Sleep County. Thank you very much, Jazz. As we prepare for tonight's story, gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to find the position that feels just right. And when you found that perfect spot nestled among the covers, take a nice, slow, deep breath, letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale. Imagine the air falling into your belly and chest as you breathe in, effortlessly. And as you breathe out, imagine the breath falling out of you again. Take a moment to feel the bed beneath you, gently supporting your body. Release any tension you might be feeling, starting with the muscles in your face. One by one, allow them to go slack. Let the muscles in your arms, shoulders, and chest relax. Now move your attention to your belly, your lower back, and let them sink into the mattress. Release any tightness in your thighs, your knees, your calves, and your feet. And enjoy for a moment the feeling of total relaxation your body totally at ease. And now, for tonight's story. Skilled Hands and a Curious Mind Written by the one and only Jazz Meyer The early morning light was already turning hot when I arrived in Tavira, the quaint cobblestone streets glistening with the yellow rays of the Portuguese sun. Along the river, a few runners flashed past with measured steps, their tap-tap-tapping punctuating my reverie and adding to the soundtrack of the morning. On the water, a few seagulls floated, bobbing up 
and down on the undulating surface, the tidal ebb and flow of the Atlantic reaching them here, mixing salty sea brine with the fresh water that flowed from the mountains far upstream. By the deep bank of the culvert, rows of shops were beginning to open, garish racks of souvenirs on display alongside artisanal pottery, colorful caftans accompanying muted prints of a sunset over this very river. In one shop front, an array of hand-painted tiles peered out at me with marine motifs, fish and waves and water birds mimicking the river behind me, and I peered back, perusing the display as I walked along slowly. Soon, I left their colorful company behind to reach, instead, my destination. Just beyond the depictions of marine life and in the shop next door. The jeweler's store was small and quaint, tucked between the other shops almost shyly. In contrast to the others, this storefront was simple and quiet. It was still closed now, only a few select pieces on display in the window, and I lingered happily, absorbed in the fine details of each gleaming item. Lotus flowers dangled from earring hooks, birds fluttered from pendant chains, deers pranced, Buddhas meditated, fish swam, dolphins leapt, all in shining silver. Here and there, a strong Arabic influence shone through, caught in the triangular embellishments or the square panels or the symmetrical scrolls that contrasted the elements of nature. I smiled at the collection, each one lovingly crafted by a skilled hand and a curious mind. Soon, I hoped, I would have my own piece to marvel at and skilled hands to follow. The curious mind I was already in possession of. I had spent weeks obsessing over my notebook, scribbling designs in moments of inspiration, waking in the night with an idea that I was impelled to get down on paper. Sometimes I would spend hours upon hours poring over whatever I could find on the art of silversmithing. Almost a year ago, the seed of this obsession had been planted when, walking along this very street, I had peered into the jeweler's shop out of a mundane curiosity. Around a little square workbench, an older couple had sat tinkering with silver under the tutelage of a slight man with long, wispy white hair. In a gentle, almost disinterested voice, he had informed me that he offered lessons and handed over his card. In the meantime, I had let it slide to the back of my mind, his card being lost among the detritus of my belongings until now. And then, a stroke of inspiration, a chance encounter, a longing to create, and I was back here, finally, awaiting the next step. Through the cobblestone streets, I spied a mane of white hair billowing in the breeze and smiled as Carlouche greeted me with that same gentle energy as he had the year before, 
In his hands, a large cup of tea wobbled, its herbal aroma mingling with the salty breeze and the sunshine. Unlocking the store, he welcomed me inside, leaving me to peruse at my leisure as he pottered around, setting down his tea and busying himself with his opening ritual. The large wooden shutters that had blocked the windows were moved aside to let in the morning light, and the sun glinted off rows upon rows of silver jewelry adorning the little shop's walls. The same square workbench was there, in the corner of the room, strewn with assorted tools, scraps of silver, half-finished pieces. Excitement crept over me as I let my eyes wander across the room, eagerly awaiting the moment that I would be allowed to tinker with some metal and turn it into the image that I held in my mind. So, began Carlouche, once he'd prepared the store for the day's happenings, what do you want to make? I pulled out my battered notebook, loose pages all but spilling out of its faded cover. Turning to my latest scribblings, I pointed to a pencil sketch depicting a ring. The band itself was arched into a point, and a half-moon lay flat atop it, curving around the underside of the arch so that its points almost met the apex of the arch itself. It was a simple design, an ode to the moon, and the notion of making this myself tickled the creatrix in me. Okay then, Carlouche responded, his thin, stretched voice curving into a smile. Let's get started. From the table he fished out a lump of silver, rough and unformed, handing it to me as though I'd done this a thousand times before. He turned, and I watched his white ponytail glide toward a pleasantly archaic-looking machine. I figured that was my cue to follow him. With deft fingers, Carlouche showed me how to roll the silver, feeding it between the two steel cylinders and catching it on the other side, a fraction thinner than it was before. I turned the hand crank, my muscles quickly fatiguing, and I gained a new appreciation for what this kind of work required. With each turn, I saw Carlouche laughing a little, watching me struggle until he took the crank in one pale hand and turned it with the kind of fluidity that comes from a lifetime of practice. He was so in tune with the machine, so accustomed to its nuances, that in no time the silver was straight and flat and ready to be worked. Back at the workbench, my sketchbook spread across the tool-littered table. I carefully copied my design onto a translucent piece of tracing paper in two parts. First, a long straight line for the band, with that telltale peak in its center. Then, the tiny half-moon curving elegantly, the size, perhaps, of a thumbnail. Carlos peered over, checking on my work, giving tips from time to time, once stepping forward and, with one quick sweep of the pencil, 
correcting a line I'd been agonizing over for the better part of ten minutes. It was that kind of confidence and deftness I wanted to cultivate in my own hand. The ability to make short work of a tricky design, sketching freely and authoritatively. Soon the sketches were done, and we moved our attention to the small sheet of metal we'd rolled out earlier. With the piece of carbon paper the color of sapphires, I traced once more my sketches, this time pressing them into the silver, letting the black lines appear beneath, and then again with a scribe, etching my design into the soft face of the metal. My lines were scritch-scratched and crooked, hardly the work of a master silversmith. But I was nevertheless excited to begin the creation process. With the patient tutelage of Carluche as guidance, I made the first stroke with the tiny saw against my etched lines. The saw blade, just a few hairs thick, cut firmly into the soft silver. Though I was no silversmith, I had wielded my fair share of saws in my time, and my strokes were controlled and even, the blade slicing easily through the silver, following, for the most part, the lines that I had drawn. With a couple of wobbles here and there, I worked my way steadily through the metal, until, some time later, my ring band was set free from the silver sheet ragged edges and all. For now the moon would wait, and Carluche set me to work on refining the band, firmly but gently running a needle file along its edges, the soft rasp of the work whispering in harmony with the soothing, meditative music that Carluche let drift through the shop. The tiny burrs that lined the band were filed away, the metal becoming smooth and soft to the touch. I began again with the moon, letting the saw carve it from the surrounding silver, following the round contours until it too came free, ready to be worked. Once again, I ran the file over its edges, making sure to remove any aberrations and prepare it for the next step. When Carluche pulled out a pair of pliers, I felt a jolt of that creative joy that comes from seeing the first vestiges of completion. In that endlessly patient voice, he demonstrated the forming of the ring band and, handing me the pliers, entrusted me with the task. The nose of the tool was half round, one side a semicircle, the other perfectly straight. With the round half inside the band, I applied a soft pressure, turning the pliers around the length of it from the center out. I watched as my flat strip of silver transformed into a rudimentary ring, and the excitement expanded in my chest, bursting out in a joyous laugh that my teacher smiled at approvingly. With his deft hands, he adjusted a few wobbles in the shape, and we set about correcting its diameter against his ring mandrel. 
Slipping the newly formed piece over the end of the tapered rod, I held the ring in place with the thumb and forefinger of my left hand, the other three fingers grasping the mandrel. In my right, I took an ancient wooden mallet, frayed and chipped from years of service, and hammered the ring with just enough force to encourage the vaguely oval-shaped metal into a perfect circle. I loved this part of the process, feeling like I could do this again and again. It ignited the desire to master this craft, to know how to listen to the wants of the metal and feel the will of tools, to attune my senses to the slightest aberration and know just how to tame it. The creatrix in me was truly awakened. For the last several years, the bulk of my time had been spent on academic tasks, bringing me up into my head and satisfying only my more cerebral yearnings. My hands, the hands that had once built houses and planted trees and painted watercolors, were longing for something tangible to satiate their restlessness. I was itching to create to conjure something out of nothing and have a real creation to show for it at the end. Something I could touch. Something I could show to the world with a pride that said, I made this. With hammer and mandrel in hand, that yearning was finally being touched. Every passing moment, every step, was bringing me closer to that pride of creation. And as Carluche set up the soldering station, my chest swelled with a growing sense of achievement. The blowtorch hissed into life, blue flame trembling lightly as he placed it in my hand and guided me to heat the ring. The sizzle of flux made way for the slick flow of melted solder, binding the two ends of silver together and completing the ring's band. I was ecstatic, seeing my imagination come to life, and I eagerly took the needle files to clean the ring once more and take it through its final stages. The soft whoosh of files on metal soothed me as I watched the hard corners become gentle curves and smooth arches. The cloudy surface of the heated metal gave way to the gleam beneath, and I began to see a glimpse of the finished piece. All that remained now was the moon. Karlush interjected then, a glimmer in his eye and an ace up his sleeve, and he pulled out a heavy metal cube, replete with concave hemispheres of different sizes carved into its surface. Alongside the cube, an array of punches, each topped with a sphere that matched the cube's respective divots. With a skillful hand, he took the moon, placed it gently in a hemisphere that matched its size, and, with a quick strike of a hammer on the punch, gave an extra dimension to the moon. Now, instead of a simple flat shape, the half-moon was rounded, curved, and with file in hand, I began to work its edges. 
Each long stroke of the file gave a beveled edge to the piece and rasped away its marred surface. When it was done, and the time for final assembly came, I was eager to see if this piece in reality would match my sketches, would match the image in my mind. In a pair of cross-locking tweezers, I positioned the moon over the ring band, holding it tightly in place for Karlush to work his magic. A tiny daub of flux, a sliver of solder, and the blue glow of the blowtorch was moving once again across the ring, beneath the moon, waiting for that critical moment of melting and turning the two parts into one. With a satisfying slip, the solder dissolved into the ring, and our assembly was complete. Carlos led me into the back room of his little studio, a great hulking machine awaiting us there. Behind a transparent screen, a huge green wheel began to turn with the flick of a switch. The wheel appeared to be made of wool or cotton or clouds, something impossibly soft to the touch. And it was with this that Carlos showed me how to polish. I was surprised how gentle it was, despite its rapid rotations, caressing my hands softly and leaving them caked in the black grime of tarnish and polishing wax. And then, the great reveal. As I pulled my ring away from the wheel, I was astonished to find it so brilliant, its surface now a perfect mirror, reflecting a face that stared wide-eyed back at it. With warm, soapy water, I washed away that grimy residue and slipped the ring over my finger, a testament to curiosity and intent. I had created this thing, and it would adorn the hands that crafted it, accompanying them on their future endeavors. And there would be future endeavors. Of that, I was sure. That was Skilled Hands and a Curious Mind, written by the one and only Jazz Meyer. If you're still awake, I hope you're feeling relaxed and ready for a night of sweet slumber. And if you're not quite tired yet, you can always listen to another episode of See You in Sleep County until you're really ready to fall asleep. Again, if you'd like to support See You in Sleep County and receive benefits such as PDF downloads of our bedtime stories and live readings, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash County, choose a tier, and become a patron and you can become a part of See You in Sleep County and watch as it blooms right before your very eyes. We absolutely love hearing from our listeners. It really motivates us and encourages us to keep on creating these bedtime stories, to keep on crafting this little podcast. So please feel free to get in touch and tell us what you thought of the episode, tell us what you thought of the story, why you like this podcast, 
or what you think about the conversations we have before the bedtime story, anything at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact me at at Blake Farha on Instagram, and you can contact Jazz at at liberation.and.love on Instagram. I want to thank you once again so much for joining us for this lovely story. There will be so many more stories to come, and we look forward to sharing them all with you. I'm Blake Farha, and I want to wish you a good night, sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County.